Welcome to the Zadzooks Happy Hour, a podcast exploring the latest in film, TV, games, toys, and more. And now, somewhere in a secret bunker outside of Washington, D.C., here are your hosts, 30-year veteran of pop culture and entertainment news for the Washington Times, Joseph Zadkowski, and pop culture, technology, and space aficionado, Todd Stowell. Oh, is that like dead air now? No, no. no. We'll cut it out. It's point oh five. Yeah, it'll be fine. So, uh, since this won't be, so this won't be posted for another couple of weeks. But, but uh, the Rush drummer died. Neil Peart. Did you hear that? I did hear that. I heard that today. Not that I'm laughing about it. So, the guy. All right, I'll make it short. I was not a Rush fan. Sorry, I admit it. Um, but the first thing is I am a drummer. Um, and anytime a rush song came on and if I was going to start playing drums after a while, I-, I didn't even try, you know what I mean? Cause he was so amazing. He was by far, and it wasn't just the fact that he was a great drummer and had the fills and had all that good stuff. It was the fact that he, um, he had such a passion for what he was doing. And, and it and it was and it was the fact that when I ever think about the fact on whether I want to get off my fat butt and practice, I think about him because he had this uh, obsession with always being better. And I mean, you that you, you can apply that to anything that you do in life. And and he just was the master at doing that. And the guy had a lot of lot of terrible things happen in his life, and he still just kept going. You know, he didn't have to. Look at the drummers who, like, you can actually tell when they're playing that they're enjoying themselves, and you don't see that very often. No. And he wrote all the lyrics, right? Again, I'm also not a Rush fan. I mean, the oh, only... I swore I thought for sure you'd be a Rush fan. No, the only song that I could ever really tolerate was Tom Sawyer. Right, 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 right. Um. Anyway, he really was. Not that my opinion means anything, but he really was a great drummer, and he really, really was had a passion for playing, which is it's something you want. It's what oh, you what want. You're, what you're saying, he was better than Ringo. <laughs> yes, he was better than Ringo. <laughs> I think everybody's but better Ringo's, than Ringo, right? Ringo's still out there playing. Hey, yeah. man, don't cut Ringo short. He was. If you actually listen to what Ringo did, and you listen to it from the perspective of that he's a a left-handed drummer. Uh, he's a good drummer. Not no, that I know being it. left-handed is a is a detriment, but he's, it's he's just good. that's just always the joke, right? It's that like yeah, he's, he's like a horrible. Yeah, he's drummer. not. He's a terrible drummer, right? He's not. So, so all right. Well, let's fill a little bit of time here. Who's your top five drummers? Uh, okay, that's easy enough. Um, I'm a big fan of um, Keith Moon. Okay. I, I basically call him number one because he got me excited about playing drums. Number two um, is probably John Bonham from Zeppelin, who I was yes. a big fan of. Yeah. No surprise. Number his, three. His kid can play really well, too. He definitely taught his kid to play the drums. Yes. Jason Bonham is um, is a pretty amazing. So that's where am I at? I'm on two. Uh, You're on two. Number three, God, every time I go on the show, I have like a brain lapse. 
So number three is Martin Chambers from The Pretenders. I've seen him multiple times, and my playing style is actually I try to tailor it a little bit, Mike Martin Chambers, when I play now. So so that's awesome. Number four is going to be um, Alan Gratzer from REO Speedwagon. Mm-hmm. That was another drummer early in my career when I when I was playing where I really was able to work and, and learn some of his chops. And I really liked him. And number five would be Clem Burke from Blondie, who I really, really love to this day. And 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 number six, I'm going to give you number six because this guy is very important in the later part of my career. His name is Brad Elvis. And nobody's probably heard of him, but he's he is probably one of the most underappreciated drummers ever. He is the current drummer in the Romantics right now. So there. I'll, I'm going to give you, I'll give you uh, three more that I think are worthy to be up there. I think you got to put Don Henley in the mix. Uh, singing drummers are great. Yep. yep. Uh, Lars Ulrich. Uh, yeah. Not a big fan of Metallica, but yeah. Not not a fan of Metallica, but that I mean, you watch that dude yeah. play, and he looks exhausted. Yeah. Sure. And then I'm I'm going to throw in here because I think it's relevant. Garth Algar. Really? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Garth. He's an amazing drummer. I haven't seen enough of him in work in in action, but okay. I'll, I'll go with you on that. All right. Well, remember he likes to play. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. Um, the guy from Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's a pretty good drummer. He, I mean, yeah. And actually, his drummer, the drummer he has now, who once again, because every time I'm on this show, I can't remember any names. Taylor Hawking. There he is. I like him a lot too. He's. Very I mean, good. Dave Grohl is quite a versatile performer, man. Yes, he can do I everything. Mean, he can do everything, including falling off a stage, apparently. Yep. So. Yep big fan well another thing that you're a big fan of is star wars and i understand i understand that you you went and saw the last uh version of it did you see it i did see it did you see it in a theater with your family well yeah i mean where else am i gonna see it i'm not gonna download a torrent and watch it and get arrested I wouldn't put that past you. So no, you know what? I know you don't like leaving the house. So you know what? I really sort of despise the fact. Like, don't get me wrong. I was definitely involved in that whole like Napster thing for sure. Right. But there's just something about knowing that paying well, a paying money for it if it's a digital version, and knowing that it's like not a virus and it's not corrupt and it's like exactly what you want. Like I'd rather pay the money for that. And I guess the difference being is that having worked for a studio and like being around the people that actually put the work in, it's kind of a shame for them that, that that happened. So I'm totally on board with it. I did see it in the theaters. And I I guess the weird thing about it is, is I've now seen all three of the sequel in theaters, but I've never seen the other six. Man. Well, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. I guess I mean, your family's very much into it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen bits and pieces of the first two. I don't recall ever seeing the third one. Right. At all. And then obviously I did not watch any of the prequels. Which prequels, ap- right. Apparently, according to what everybody says, I'm not missing anything. No, you're not. Not really. No. Um, all right. So I am so middle of the road with this movie. Uh, 
I, I didn't hate it, wasn't indignant about it, but I didn't love it either. I mean, there was so much to pack into that, like two and a half hours, that it it no longer became logical or rational at any point in the movie. They kept throwing so many curveballs at you that there was no idea what was going to happen or why it was even happening. And that bothered me more than anything. When you bring a major character back like Emperor Palpatine with no, for no reason or, or no, no foreshadowing or no uh, idea that he's even going to be back, that, that's like really bad script writing. They've had two other movies to like hint. I don't remember catching any hints where he was supposed to appear or come back. And the way he came back was like really sketchy. So not a big fan of that whole idea. And I don't think George Lucas was either. So I had a lot of mixed feelings about this as well. I felt very much like it was a really, really, really solid popcorn movie. Um, I thought that the, there were so many sort of, convenient components to it and so many predictable components to it right right. that i found myself kind of knowing what was going to happen before it happened um right and you know obviously we always preface this with other spoilers and i'll talk about a couple examples of areas where you just knew it was coming the first one is when they talk about that there is a spy within the the new order right. or whatever, whatever it's yeah. called. And you immediately knew who it was. Right. You just immediately knew. And then, and what, you know, talk about a waste of a character. Talk about a waste of a character. You see him for two seconds and like, wait, you're the spy. And he goes, yeah. And then 10 seconds later, he's dead. Because, and by the way, killed by some new character that we'd never even seen, nope. but yet was supposedly one of the most powerful generals or whatever commanders in the new order or in the previous empire. Yeah. So that really kind of irked me a little bit. I, I, I don't know if, if if it was intentional or if it's just something I carried with me, but half the time I always wondered whether what I was seeing from Carrie Fisher was CGI. Oh yeah. Or whether it was actually the stuff that was filmed. Right. Um, And I found it all too convenient on what happens with her character. Um, Yeah, but once again, no real point. Well, I understand why it happened in a bizarre sort of way, but I I, I don't see she wasn't. I, I mean, I'm not sure what that means. Luke, Luke, you know, was like Luke when Luke died. Or, or passed over to the force, he was, um, he put himself under an incredible strain to do it. Yeah. He astral projected him, force projected himself and, and literally, you know, onto another planet. Yeah. So, you and, know, I and, can, I can see that. Yeah. And literally, and, and, you know, and, and he appears, you know, you see him. Yeah. Um, it was just one of these things where the Kylo Ren character had shown no signs of breaking at all throughout the first movie, the second movie. 
And then halfway through the third movie, it's like, let's throw the car in reverse and see what happens. Right. And it was now, like, now, yeah, yeah. It was like, well, wait a minute. Like, how how, how is this? Ha- I mean, like they, they didn't do a good enough job explaining that what she was doing was transferring her life force and some commonality to him. To, which, to, is a, which is a force power we've never seen in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it it was just like so she 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 dies and all of a sudden he's like I'm going to throw my lightsaber into the water and become a good guy and you're like what what and you know like that well, could- that's got to go with like we needed a 6 hour movie cuz they couldn't possibly do oh. this they couldn't explain it in this short a time he oh, just when, turned when they have started to show cracks like a little bit in the second film, just, just a, just a nugget, you know, where you're like, Hmm. Right. And then there's, I mean, I guess one could argue in the throne room when he kills Snoke, that there was a crack there because he didn't kill Ray, but he was still inherently evil. And he was asking her to join him being evil. And, And his arc from that point on to his inevitable demise was right. sort of like so rushed, so yep. crammed together. And then like I I didn't think like, you know, he he I guess it was he transferred his entire life force to her, but that wasn't even really like clear that that's what happening and then he just disappears and you're like, "What? What? <laughs> like, yeah, what? yeah." Yeah. How'd that happen? Like, you know, it, it just, there were, it just seemed like they were, and he, re- kit, he gave her a big juicy kiss. Yeah. So that's, which, and, and which was never hinted at in the other two movies. He never hinted at that. He loved her. Right. And then my other piece where I was really frustrated and annoyed was that all throughout this entire movie, Finn kept telling Ray, I have something I need to tell you. Yeah, I know. And they never told you. And then movie ends. Nope. Never told you. Dad, no so half idea. The, half, half the fans believe it was uh, that he loved her. Yes. That's what you, but that's what you would it, think. Apparently on YouTube, some interview with JJ Abrams or a script writer, it appears that he was just going to tell her, um, I am force sensitive. That I, I feel like I have the force. Something like that. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, Th- it doesn't. Because there's no relevance to that, again, in the entire movie. He shows no right. signs of having the force He's, whatsoever. He is a completely wasted character. Oh. And probably and probably one of the most interesting, if you think about it. Because this is a guy that, that was able to break ranks with the New Order. And and yeah, and, and in some ways they they really they almost got you to the point where he met someone who was like him, and yeah. then they they they, they, they could totally take, throw that character out the window. I mean that whole scene where they're like shooting at the bridge. I mean I was like, oh come on, and and again, there's just so much other stuff going on. Like there's such a big firefight, and then there's Ray down below, and like everything is going on. That yeah, I mean. I could see a three picture arc just with Finn. He should have died in the second movie. 
I think he, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, he or, should have sacrificed himself, and that would have at least showed it. You know, I was talking about this with all my little super fans when I was uh, uh, on vacation, and we watched all the movies again. And by far, um, the best movie of the bunch is the um, oh my god, the one where they 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 find the Death Star plans. Which uh, is the, the first um, one? Well, it's episode three. No, 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 no. Or it's four. the one. It's the one-off. The Star War Rebel. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Um, Red. Uh, uh, <laughs> Rogue One. Rogue One is the best of the bunch. You know, because I, there's there's actual drama in that movie, and it plays it out like you would expect it to play out. And you know what? At the end, you were angry they all died. You were pissed. You were very angry that they all died, but at least you showed some emotion. Yes, you were. But you also understood why they would have died. Yes. I mean, the only part that I actually thought had any true emotion to it was when they land back on whatever rebel planet they're on, which has that even been established where they are? No. Okay. And and then uh, the 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 announcement is made that Princess Leia has died, and Chewbacca starts crying, drops to right. his knees, and starts crying. Yeah. So we're getting our biggest emotional impact from was was from a Wookiee guy in a suit from a Wookiee. But, but did did you not feel his pain? Yes, I did too. I thought that because was because I thought about because that made me think about everything he has gone through in the last two films. Yeah, he's lost everyone. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. also discussed that the the girl who um, teams up with Finn is um, uh, Lando Calrissian's daughter because of the comment he made. That's right. There was some sort of scene that that was supposed to play out, but they didn't run it. Mm-hmm. Right, where he oh. had he said something like, "Well, I had a child, and it was in they were taken from me." And yeah, yes. so it just. It was they could have done an Avengers three hours and 30 minutes. And I think I think that would have settled a little bit better with me. This felt very rushed. It felt very predictable, very compact. There was no like at the you know, what would have been the greatest thing ever is if they actually took an X-Wing and they flew it back down on the channel and then they started the explosions by blowing up the Death Star rays on these new ships doing something like that, like a callback to the original. Right. And then like that gives everybody up in arms. And from there, you know, it's, it's, it's on, but what about, what about Poe's ex-girlfriend? That's another plot that got thrown in. You never even see Carrie Russell's face in the entire movie. Is that who that was? Yes. You see her eyes. You know how half, half baked that is. I had that no idea. That was ridiculous. Well, and yeah, so who were the other celebrities that were that had lines of stormtroopers? Because I'm sure there were a bunch of them. You know what? I haven't seen any. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, it's sort of the same thing like when you when you go back to the first film and you have Simon Pegg's character who's like the guy right. who has the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. That character was pretty great and they never went back to it again. I guess nope. there was really no need, but it was just 
it, as I said, it was an entertaining popcorn movie. Very entertaining. It's going to make a ridiculous amount of money, and that's fine. I, I, I already looked, and the side-by-side comparisons have it way underperforming Force Awakens. It still hasn't hit a billion. Uh, it's like at 9.52 as of today. Right, and if you... If you looked at box office mojo for the for the yeah. twenty one day total, uh, Force Awakens after twenty one days was at seven seventy, and a Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker is at four sixty three. Right, it's almost double. Right, and you know, let's talk about the last thing, which is that Harrison Ford comes back as not even a ghost version of Han Solo, but I guess as a mind a memory, projection. yeah, memory. That apparently it's a memory. This, yeah, this memory has a full on conversation that's never taken place before, but somehow it's a memory. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um what you know, once it, again, it was nice, I guess, but I you know what I would like to see. I I really think Adam Driver and Harrison Ford together in another film, I would like to see that. Yep. I think the two of them have some pretty solid on-screen chemistry. Um, and I could see under the right circumstances that working out really well. But, yep. Uh, I don't know. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being you hated it, 10 being you absolutely loved it, and or, or like, like we'll do our letter scores, where, where does this uh, rank for you? Well, I'm calling it a 6, and I'm calling it probably a B-. minus. I'm I'm there with you. I'm there with you. It wasn't something where I got up and was like really yeah. ticked off and was I like wasn't furious about yeah, it. This was a waste of money. It was just I I hate to say this, but it was just like it was time to put this thing to bed. It was time for the thing to die and just be done with it. That I right. kind of feel like they ran out of steam. There was there was so much conflict in the creative team. And they were they were apparently so afraid of backlash after the second film that they just didn't know what to do. Apparently, they did everything. They should have added. They, they should tried have, to add everything into it. They should have made it three hours. Yeah, an yeah. extra an extra thirty minutes would have resolved some substantial shortcomings. Yep, for sure. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. So, well, on this. You want to take a break, or, or you want you want to power ahead? No, keep keep going. All right. So on the topic of Star Wars, let's have a discussion here about Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Which so everything that The Rise of Skywalker was getting wrong, The Mandalorian has gotten right, except for Baby I, Yoda, which you cannot call Baby Yoda. John Favreau gets very upset if you call it Baby Yoda. Okay, what is he? Because uh, George, George Lucas never named that species. Uh, give me a second to, to look it up, but I know that. Well, he's oh, baby Yoda he, in my world. Well, he's called the child. Okay. So that entire, um, it's it's eight episodes and they're about 30 minutes each. Um, and it was just absolutely wonderful. And it was that wonderful because... Because the sort, because the guys who are creating this obviously love the end product. They're gonna, they love the, the universe. They love the mythology. Dave Filoni has been like a Star Wars devotee his entire life. He did a lot of the animated cartoons already. Uh, Favreau obviously loves everything about Star Wars, 
and everything they did in this series has been right. I'm, I'm, you know, I know you guys weren't happy with it. You said your kids didn't like it. They're, they're going back and rewatching it. And I think they're starting to get a little bit more of an appreciation for it. But I, I, I want to take just a moment to call out John Favreau. I mean, come on, man. He totally was the reason that Marvel exists in the way that it does. Oh, with of those course. Two yeah. Iron Man movies. And then he just came in and was like, oh, so now I'm a part of Disney. Let me just go ahead and do the Mandalorian uh, you know, because now that Star Wars is a part of the Disney franchise, even though I, you know, I just did two live action Disney movies, but I'm going to go ahead and do this too. And I want to make it a success. I mean, this guy, granted, I love watching his uh, Netflix show, the chef show that he did from his yeah. movie chef, man, killing it. Do not underestimate the influence of Dave Filoni in this project. Oh, sure. Oh, I don't. I'm yeah. telling you, as much as Favreau has got the name on it, Filoni's hands are all over it. Well, yes, but but Favreau is the showrunner, right? So he's going to get all the credit, right? Much like uh, uh, what's his name from The Walking Dead? Scott Suckner. What was his name? Scott. Scott Grimes or Kill. I don't even. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um. And I'll tell you what, the, one of the best parts of this is the moment I start that Bobby, Baby Yoda comes on screen, immediately in my brain, I used to read a Japanese comic book called Lone Wolf and Cub about a samurai taking care of a baby mm-hmm. who had a lot of power. And it's just like the Mandalorian, man. It's awesome. It's just like it's the same vibe. And it's amazing so and if have you seen the whole thing the mandalorian yeah not all the way through now okay i'm telling you the final episode which is directed by the director i'm going to butcher his name wakiki tahiki whatever his name is Uh, takita watiti okay he directs the last episode and if you are a star wars fan and and the first the first three minutes of that episode will have you crying in laughter. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. And Jason Sudeikis is in it for the first scene. Yeah. But then again, let's keep in mind Thor Ragnarok. Hilarious. I I think by far that guy is probably one of the most talented pop culture directors in the history of the medium already. And I know people hate. He does. He, he does the shadows uh, where we, uh, where, yeah. That's all his, you know, he, he's co well, with some other guy with that. Well, remember the, the, the movie, it, he's, he's one of the characters. Yes. And he's great. Yeah. And of he's, course, he's, he voices the, the, um, there's a, uh, a, a bounty hunter robot in the Mandalorian called IG 88. Um, and he voices that character in the Mandalorian. Yeah. He's, uh, He's something else, man. I'm like, telling I, you. I haven't seen that movie Jojo Rabbit because I know obviously. Oh, are... I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, Maybe I mean. And then, of course, he is on as a writer and director for Thor Love and yep. Thunder. Yep. Which yep. I'm yep. pretty yep. excited yep. about. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's also in the he's in the Suicide Squad, too. Uh, he, He's killing it right now. He's yep. really got this under control. He's I I love him. So yep. that's good. 
But you haven't even seen the whole thing yet, so you got to go watch the Mandalorian. No. I'm telling you, it's worth it. I know, I know that the last episode, everyone is pretty pretty stoked with. They're pretty excited about it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'll get there for okay. sure. So, so, so is this better? So, uh, yeah, one question I had because obviously, again, you're the big Star Wars guy. So this is five years after Return of the Jedi, and 25 years prior to Force Awakens. Right. So. Are you going to see Ghost Yoda or anyone? Might might you see Luke? I don't Skywalker? think I don't think they're going to get that corny. I don't think they're going to get that cliche. Because what they've created here is this kind of spaghetti western universe that um that has a lot of grit in it and and it, they're not afraid to um kill characters and and i don't think they're going to get cheesy like yeah. that well i mean that's good what what it sort of reminds me of with this baby yoda character is baby group and how that yes. whole thing kind of exploded yeah. with this little baby you know yep. even though it's completely cgi driven so i mean if you do it right it's going to yeah, be I, I think i think what he does is amazing but baby yoda does exhibit um force healing yeah that won't ruin it for you but i want you to know that that's fine so that's now a proper power in the force in the jedi universe and the jedi and sith universe. well at least at least they're funny. setting it up for the movie that just came out that apparently right. also introduces force healing right so there you go all right man all star that's wars plenty over. all right um and let me guess you still have not seen the joker no. Oh my goodness! If you want to just clear your brain and and go watch something that will make you just just scream in 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 in, in rapture, go watch it. It's that laugh? good. Did you laugh jo- at it at all? No. Joaquin Phoenix is so over the top in this movie. The guy's a nutbag. There's no question about it. The real life uh, Phoenix is a nutbag. Well, yeah. Did you see him on the Golden Globes? Yeah. Did you see him? How belligerent he was afterwards. Uh, now I don't. I don't. He went. It. it they. They duped him into yes, walking in. It. No. No. They duped him into walking into the uh, reporters' area once he received his award. Okay. So first, he's kind of pissed about that. Then he's standing there, and the first question out of a reporter, and I'm paraphrasing it, is something in effect is, like, what did you have to do to get ready for the role? Oh, come on. And he looked at the guy, and he said, you know, I've been answering that question for six months now. Are you really going to ask that question again? Do you think I'm going to have some different answer? Do you want me to come up with a different answer? What are you doing? And he was just totally railing on these guys, which was good, I guess. But he is completely off his rocker. Well, remember that time where everyone thought he went crazy and it turned out. Yes, and it was was, for a role. It was for a movie. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, he is fearless. and and, He is fearless and method at its best. And and in no way, shape, or form at all concerned whatsoever about what anyone thinks. Anybody thinks, yeah. Which is great. (laughs) Um, Wait till you see this movie, man. It's really good. So I, I just want to talk about Joker real quick because the second trailer for um, Birds of Prey came out. Ugh, yeah. 
which um, obviously shows uh, Harley Quinn blowing up um, the Joker's hideout and essentially, quote unquote, breaking up with him. Yeah. And the greatest comment that I saw under the video was Harley Quinn breaking up with a Joker, question mark, question mark, more like DC not wanting to pay Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. And it was like, uh, Joaquin Phoenix greater than Jared Leto. <laughs> you will never see though a Batman movie with with Phoenix in it. No, with Joaquin Phoenix, there's no way. Because first of all, there's no chance that any Batman, any actor portraying Batman, could compete with this guy on screen. Zero. Um, I mean, the only other person that I think would like have a chance just because Christian done- Bale. Yeah, I mean. Eh. I'm telling you, man, watch this movie. Christian Bale is so volatile, though. Yeah. The, the thing about this Joker is you you're you feel sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's murdering people, you feel sorry for him. And it's really amazing to watch and how you feel when you watch this movie. Well, look at, so. like, Heath Ledger's version. He's sadistic and, like, half the stuff he does, you're okay. laughing at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the problem, the difference between Heath Ledger and, and – uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. First of all, Heath Ledger had to share his screen time with the bat. All right. Yeah. So right off the, so Heath never really gets to fully form that character. Number two, you walk into the middle of the character. Basically, you're basically watching um, this entity that is, is chaos for the sense of evil chaos, right? Mm-hmm. With, with Joaquin Phoenix, you're watching this guy transform and it is creepy. When's it take place again? Like 1979. Okay. Gotham basically looks like New York City, 1981, 1979. Does that? So, what was the deal then? I mean, and you don't, you're not going to ruin anything for me. What was the deal with the like original TV Batmobile showing up on set? I've never seen it in the movie. Wow, that's so weird. It was not in the movie. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. There's, there is a scene where, uh, uh, Arthur Fleck meets meets Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne is a child. I'm assuming is a child. Okay, and and Arthur Fleck does have a scene with Thomas Wayne, his father. So hmm, interesting. Yeah. So you got to watch it, man. We'll watch talk it. about we'll, it. We'll, we'll talk about it next time. The only thing I want to talk about real quick, um, if you're looking for mindless entertainment, there's a Xbox and and PS4 game out called Wreckfest where it's essentially Demolition Derby, Last Man Standing. It's pretty fun. It's kind of hilarious. You can literally just drive until there's no more wheels on your car. Um, I've been playing it for, for like about a week, and it's pretty hilarious. You end up laughing through half of it while you're playing it because it's so ridiculous. Um, and it's apparently out. It's out on PC as well. I guess with PC, you can do a fair amount of mods to it, but on Xbox and um, PS4, it's pretty locked and loaded, but it's a lot of fun. I'm having a good time with it. So um, I'm giving it a good endorsement there. It's a good solid, solid game. If you're looking for some mindless fun and looking to get a laugh at a playing a game, kind of something different from just constantly taking headshots at people in every game we play. So, yeah. Yeah. I've been watching my friend, my son play call of duty for the last two weeks. By far what I've, what he's told me and what I've seen by playing it myself, it's probably the best call of duty in decades. If ever, 
You know what's Probably really good? Out in decades. It's what's really good is their iPhone game. It's oh, actually I haven't tried that. It's actually not bad. Like oh, it's cool. it's you and a bunch of people, and it and and again, it's last man standing. So you're there to like snipe out other people. Yeah, but I mean, I I kill at it. It's I mean, I just sit and I hide and I just pop people in the head. It's great. It's it's like a I mean what a, what a fun evening at the Stowell household. Yeah, but what's what's really amazing is that for the iPhone, it's kind of up there with like what you would recall like a PS3 looking game. Yeah. Or like or like an Xbox 360. Sure, They're sure. really pulling these things together in a way that at some point, like I'm I'm really hoping one day that I can play my Xbox games like sort of universally across devices on like my phone or, right. you know, switch over to the console. Same thing with PlayStation. They would be so smart to do that. It would be such a game changer. If you had cool. to have an account and do that, it would be amazing. Yeah. All right. We're at 36 minutes here. So I think we should probably wrap this thing up. A lot of Star Wars. Sure. Stuff, I'm sure. That was great. All right. Well, we're out. This is episode ninety. Can you believe that? That's fantastic. Yeah. Did you ever post the last one? Uh, I may not have. I may, it was the holidays, and I got distracted. That's it, awesome. <laughs> it is on my list of things to do. Okay, you might want to post this one in the near future too. I, right? I will do it this weekend. Okay, that's All awesome. Right. Very good. All right. See you next Thank time. Thank you. Yep. See ya. Bye.